Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier, and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to join me on this episode. You know, there's so many things going on in, in the earth, not just in this nation, but throughout the entirety of the earth that seek to distract us, that seek to, if you will, take, a, take away our time from gathering together, from hearing the voice of the Lord for ourselves, and to seek to rob us from then receiving, not, or not just what we receive, but applying what we've received to our daily life, the solutions, the God-given solutions for our life and our walk, the walk of faith. You know, every generation goes through this. But I am definitely thankful to the Lord that you're, you're here. It's not something I take lightly. And as I said, every generation goes through this. Goes through a number of things that seek to distract them. That seek to, well, get them off the destiny track that the Lord has for their life. And attempt to delay what the Lord is doing. And desires to do in your life and in your life nation. So in Isaiah, there's a similar situation to what we are experiencing here today. Those both in the United States and throughout the whatever nation you're in, throughout the earth. There's so much that happens, but in the midst of giving this word about how the Lord is moving and how no plan that the enemy and those that have uh, leaders that have cooperated with the enemy have devised will stand. None of them. They'll all be thwarted and they're thwarted because it says very plainly, for God is with us. And then he gives, he continues to give this word to the remnant, the believing remnant. And he says to them, in verse, Isaiah 8, starting in verse 16, he says, Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples, and I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will even look eagerly for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are first signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. You know, it's And it's an interesting thing that the Lord brought me to for this reason. Everyone has begun looking for the signs, for the wonders. And we've talked about this in some previous episodes. But it's a matter of what are we searching for? What are we listening for? Are we going down the end of, well, I'll say the book of Revelation for the signs of the times and the end times? And if so, what for? Are we going to fully commit to the Lord, which is what the Lord is asking and looking for? But what I found, what really stood out to me in here, and it says, bind up the words of the, of the testimony. Bind up the testimony, seal the law. Now the testimony, and as many will probably know, because if you've listened to the show for any length of time, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. But then he says, seal the law. And the law, it also refers to the Torah, the first 
five books of the Bible, but it's talking about the teaching. The teaching that Jesus gave. Jesus being the Word. And from the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God, as it's stated in the Gospel of John. But he says there, he also says, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. Which really stood out to me. There have been other prophets that have said, hey, we're entering into a time and a season where there will be signs, there will be healing, there will be miracles. Well, I will tell you that those things have never stopped. They have always been there for those that, that believe. Well, how do I know? Because I, I've been used of the Lord myself. And it's not because I'm special. It's just because I simply believe the Lord. His word is his word. And he holds his word above his very name. Jesus said, the greater things than I do, you will do. Actually, we'll, we'll read it from Mark 16. He says very plainly. Uh, we'll start in verse 16. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So, it really jumped out to me about the signs part, because many are also looking for that, and for for decades... Many have wanted to be used in that aspect to, you know, not to, to discredit the gospel, but they want to lay hands or wave their hand over the sick or over the dead and have them be healed or come back to life. And these incredible, mighty, wondrous, and awesome acts that the Lord has already purposed and is in the destiny track for many to do. But there's something that we must understand. And it's something that I'll say, especially in preparation for these end times. And we talked about revelations and, and going down and looking at all the things that happened. But it's interesting, after the first few chapters of Revelation, the Apostle John, who walked with Jesus during his earthly ministry, who was used to did many signs and wonders, if you will. He's observing all these different things happening inside of, I'll say, of heaven and the heavenlies. And then in chapter 16, the Lord again speaks. As in Revelation sixteen fifteen. He says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. And just that fast, he's quiet again. Now, the Apostle John is still, being, still walking around heaven, being escorted by what he refers to as an angel. But it's interesting, he's for an extensive period of time he is 
if you will, caught up. Well, he's caught up into heaven, but he's also caught up into all the happenings, the sights and the sounds happening in the heavenlies. Yep, bowls being poured out, bowls of wrath, but also the angels and all these various things that are happening. But then in chapter 17, this escort for the Apostle John, this, as he refers to angel, asks him a question. As uh, We'll start in verse 7. It says, And the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? Which I think is incredible. Wonder is, of course, do you marvel, as other translations have it. Why, why do you marvel at this? Why are you enamored by these things that are happening? And, and I say that for, for us as well. We should not be in amazement by the things that are happening. Because that was never what the Lord was looking for. What he was looking for and desired for his people, what set them apart, was that their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But there's another interesting thing here, if we'll keep reading. Because this angel says, asks him, why do you wonder? And then he says, I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will wonder when they see the beast, that he was and is not and will come. Everybody catch that? He says, those whose names were not written will wonder. And, and I bring this up so we can check our hearts before the Lord. Are we so amazed by the things that are happening? Whether that is the spirit of deception being revealed because the spirit of truth has been released, whether that's because of all the, the amazing, if you will, lack of a better way to, to describe it, what we would consider amazing acts of God, or as insurance would describe them, acts of God in, I'll say, dams breaking and tornadoes being released and hurricanes being, I mean, the number of environmental factors that are that are all happening in the earth all seemingly at the same time are we enamored or amazed in wonder of ai of its capabilities are we in wonder of things that were built in ancient days 
and considering how they were done. There's so much that the enemy would attempt to use to distract us, to get our eyes off of what the Lord is doing and what the Lord requires for his people at this time and moving forward. It's not just a one-time thing. He said very plainly, as we read in Mark, that he would give us power and that greater things than these we would do. But is that what we are looking for? The signs, the wonder, the demonstration of power. Jesus said very plainly, a wicked generation, actually in Matthew 16, 4, he says, a wicked and adulterous generation demands a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. And for those people, he left them. And it says he went away. So let's understand that. Jonah was sent to a people in order that they would repent of all their wickedness, of all their unrighteousness, and seek the Lord. Now, yes, Jonah didn't have it all together. There was clearly a part where he resisted where he was in opposition to the Lord and spent three days and nights in, in the belly or stomach of a big fish. But then when he got things together with the Lord, he went and did what the Lord had called him to do. And there was amazing repentance. And it's no different today. What did Jesus say even to his, his own disciples during his earthly ministry? In Luke 10, the 70 were sent out and they returned and, and had this amazing report. And I'll start in verse 17 of Luke. So Luke 10, 17 says, The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he goes in and says, and he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. I think we need to understand this. We need to throw away our religious mindset concerning this verse and understand what are the signs and the wonders the Lord is looking for. Because in Revelation, it also says that many will say in that day, I did all these things in your name. And the Lord will turn to them and say, Depart from me, I never knew you. So what are the signs and wonders that, well, as it said in Isaiah chapter 8, 
the signs and wonders that I, meaning the Lord, and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. Now, yes, it's also very similar to what he is praying in his high priestly prayer in John 17. Also stating to the Father of all that he had given him, he had lost not one except the son of perdition, that the scriptures would be fulfilled. So what was the Lord getting at? What is, What are the signs and wonders? Well, what has the Lord always required? Obedience. Obedience to the Lord, which is a demonstration of our love, or reciprocation of our love toward Him, a demonstration of our faith or trust in Him. And because we love Him and trust Him, our hope is placed in Him. And all of that is demonstrated by our obedience. So then someone may ask, well, John, then what are we supposed to do? And it's a marvelous question. And I'm glad you were thinking it and asked it. Well, in Luke 10, excuse me, 19, verse 13, he says this. He was speaking concerning money usage, but he calls, in verse 13, so Luke 19, 13 says this, and he called 10 of his slaves and gave them 10 minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. Now, oftentimes we look at that and we say, oh, well, that's concerning money. Other versions would have that would translate that verse as, and occupy until I return. Do business with this. Occupy until I return. Who did he call? His slaves. Those who said, God is our God, and we are his servants. But in the structure the Lord gave, and the Father created, was that he's our heavenly father and we're his children. And then it said he gave them 10 minas. He gave each one 10 minas. What is that? It's a representation of faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. But then if we if you continue through that parable, each servant did different things with the money or with the currency of the kingdom. Some increased it. Some doubled it. Some increased it by 50%. And then one of the servants only had one. One mina. Remember how they started out with 10. And he says, I bury this one for you. The knowing he did not even have what he started with. But he had lost it and had one left and said he buried it in a, a rag or handkerchief and just handed that back. 
And he says that those, the people that operated in that aspect, that's in verse 27, says these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. So for us, we need to examine our hearts before the Lord. Is God our God and are we his people? And if so, then we need to be obedient to all that he commands, both in his written word, but also what he is speaking to us because it's a relationship. If you look throughout the, the Heroes of Faith chapter in Hebrews 11, you will find that each one of them did what the Lord asked them to do. They were obedient. And you can even say that, who's not listed there, of John the Baptist. It says very plainly in John 10, 41, many came to see him and said, although John never performed a sign, everything he said about this man was true. So it's not about the, the miracles. Those things will follow those who are obedient to the Lord, who believe in the Lord, right? There, there's that currency again. That's the faith. But the faith has to be placed in the word. That's that seed or that currency. And if we truly believe, if we are truly exercising and utilizing our faith, well, then guess what? We'll be led by his Holy Spirit. We'll know his voice and we'll allow him to lead us because we love him and trust him or have faith in him have put our hope in him and are demonstrating that by walking out our obedience, saying what he says to say, doing what he says to do as the father has given us commandment, just like he did with Jesus. This is such an important thing. I, I, I pray each of you gets it. And, and if there's struggle and difficulty, Seek the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Scripture says plainly, those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Or at least children, daughters are included in that. They are the sons of God. Those that are led by the Spirit. But going back to John the Baptist, so he didn't, it doesn't record him anywhere saying that he healed the sick or raised the dead or did any of these quote-unquote marvelous works or wondrous works. But what did he do? He was obedient to what he had been commanded to do by the Father through Holy Spirit. And Jesus, this is a count, was that he was Elijah, preparing the way for the Lord. And you see that same similarity again in Hebrews 11, with all these heroes of faith. Not that they were perfect. Not that they didn't have their own struggles and challenges. 
in carrying out and fulfilling all that they were called to do. But they kept their faith, their hope, their trust in the Lord. They got it together. And they chose to be obedient to the Lord above any and everything else. Which is exactly what goes, if we go back to Isaiah 8, is what, if you continued in Isaiah 8 to the rest of the chapter. So in verse 19, it says the same thing. When they say to you, consult with mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, that they're then asked a question. Should a people, should not a people, excuse me, should not a people consult their God? So, the next question is, how do we occupy then until the Lord returns? If it's not necessarily about business, if it's not necessarily about government and arts and all these other things, if those aren't the only items to focus on, which is a marvelous question, and I'm glad you asked it. Here's how we occupy. Everyone has been commanded to occupy until he returns. What about the little things? Are we standing in faith and utilizing the authority that the Lord has given us over our own lives to bring peace to the situation, to bring peace in our homes, to bring Bind, I'll say it in this way, to bind the attacks of the enemy over our lives, over our homes, over our, our relationships, our marriage, our relationship with our children. Are we standing in faith, occupying and in, in, in prayer, Having the Lord bring those attacks that the enemy would attempt to bring, to attempt to distract you, to cause havoc in your life, and asking the Lord to bring them down to nothing. And if you're doing that, well, guess what? We can also do that same thing over the workplace. And, and we can also do it over our, not just our home, but our neighborhood. Are we maximizing all the authority that's been given to us in the areas that we have been given? What did he say to Joshua? Everywhere the sole of your foot touches, I have given it to you. So are we doing that? Let's start with that before we want to be used of the Lord or want the Lord to use us to speak to millions and billions of people and to, to heal millions and billions of people. Are we utilizing the authority that he's already provided us in our own lives, in our own homes, in our own neighborhood, in our community? in our state, in our nation, and throughout the world? 
Are we binding the enemy's use of things like drugs, prostitution, human trafficking? Are we standing against that in faith and in prayer to bring that down to nothing in the name of Jesus? Are we doing that where we're at? And some of you no doubt are. But I, I, I feel led to bring this up because what if we, if, if you will, looked at this as a cell phone network, a mobile network. The greatest cell networks, cellular networks, have coverage because there are many towers over many areas which leave no gaps in service. Well, what if we as children of the Lord Most High, as his body, as his church, and ultimately as the Lord's bride or the Lamb's bride, what if we stood where we were at, where the Lord has given us, and became that, that tower that was, if you will, plugged in and connected to the Lord, taking power and authority over the area that we have to provide the most coverage in where the Lord has given us authority. Could you imagine that over your area? over your state, over your nation, your province, or state, province, nation? And then what if we as the body of Christ did that all over the world? Think of all the awesome things the Lord has done, but can and will do for those that will be obedient to him and his leading, that choose to stand in the authority that he's given us, that have chosen to follow his command to occupy until he returns, utilizing the currency, faith, that he's given us to accomplish all that he has put in the destiny track for our lives. Are we doing that where we are at? And if we have not yet, let's bring that before the Lord. Let's repent and not stay there. But let's move forward in the things that he's commanding us. So that we can be entrusted with greater authority, greater power. That we would be demonstrated before the Lord as being faithful servants. So I want to leave you with that. And I, I do hope you're encouraged. And I do encourage you to make things right with the Lord. And that's everybody. Let's maximize and fulfill all that the Lord has accomplished or desires that we would accomplish in a destiny track for our lives, leaving nothing undone so we can impact the world for the Lord 
and his kingdom. I thank you all for joining us and for standing for righteousness and justice. I love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful evening.